0: Welcome to episode 38 of the Holly Springs Deep Dive Podcast. I hope that you and your families and friends are well. This week, we look back and forward somehow at the same time. I talked to Angie Staley, the mastermind and creative impetus behind the phenomenon from a few years ago of Finding Patience, the play about the history of Holly Springs. Hear her big news about the long planned update of the play that's coming before you know it. This episode was, again, made possible without sponsor breaks by an anonymous patron. Thank you for allowing me to continue the work of this podcast. Okay, let's dive in. I have been wanting for so long to sit down and talk to Angie Staley about her plans for the next iteration of her finding patience creation. Thank you for being with me, Angie.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I love your show. I love all that you're doing and thank you for connecting people in Holly Springs with the latest things going on. So super honored to be here.
0: Well, thank you. You started it. Just just saying cuz you <laughs> you kind of made it cool to love Holly Springs. <laughs> no. so.
1: That is very generous of you, but um thank you. I I'm still learning, but um but yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that like grown-up sort of love is, you know, how I feel about Holly Springs. You you take the, you know, the good and the bad and you figure out a way to live with it. We're not, you know, like like a little kid loves a toy, you know, loving everything about it with rose-colored glasses on. Um, every place has mm-hmm. its problems, but we figure out a way to deal with it, and you know, it That's is what it is. And it's a great place. It's a great place. So, I love that. so for people who may not have lived here long enough to have seen your play, um, you did a play back in was it 2017? Yes. 2017, called Finding Patience. And it was kind of a historical... It, it was based on real people, but the the uh, narrator, the speaker, was a woman named Patience. And mm-hmm. did she really exist?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. So... Um- as you probably know, in a lot of census records that date back to before 1865, if enslaved people were living within a residence, um, it was usually just like marked that they were there, what color their skin was, if they were a female or male and their age. And uh, heartbreakingly, it didn't list their names often. And um, that has always bothered me. Um and so Yeah, me too. <laughs> yes, yes. Like I mean, obviously, the whole thing bothers us, right? Um, right. There's so, there's a lot
0: to unpack that bothers us about exactly. all of that. Yes, yes,
1: yes. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And I feel like it was important to kind of address the fact that that slavery happened in Holly Springs, and without the contributions of so many people um, who went through that, you know, terrible treatment, and it was absolutely wrong and evil but we, you know, we owe a lot to them. Um, and I feel like it's important to honor what they did for us in the town. So, um, you know, I, I, I looked at the, the census records and I saw that there was a female and, um, I believe she was like 20 and it didn't list her name. Um, and I just kind of started thinking and I thought, Hmm, I wonder about this person. What was it like for her? And I I tried to understand as much as I could. And there wasn't tons of information out there, of course, that I could even find. But there are a couple of stories about um, when um, the troops actually came from the Union Army before the surrender of the Civil War in April of 1865. And so I knew that – I knew certain things happened on that property. I'm speaking of the Leslie Alfred Mims home in downtown Mm -hmm. Holly Springs. Um, Mm -hmm. So I knew that certain things happened there where – where the Leslie family, um, Archibald and Isabel Leslie, did have have enslaved people that lived there, or at least on that property somewhere. And so um, because of some of those um, records that were kept, very few, about Isabel Leslie, who um, asked her uh, enslaved women to hide all of the the family treasures that they had and to go bury them in the backyard... Um, mm-hmm. because that was there that I knew that, okay, there was, there were some female enslaved people there. What was that like? I tried to just understand. And, and to be honest, um, a big motivator behind the whole thing was to pay tribute to, um, those people who had no choice, um, who were enslaved, um, in Holly Springs. So mm-hmm. I, I felt like it's important to recognize them and their contributions.
0: Well, that, uh- I really love that you did that, um, but the play kind of talked about the origins of Holly Springs mm-hmm. through her eyes and under her narration, uh-huh. and you covered a lot of ground, um, and I can only imagine how many hours it took you to research all of that. Um, <laughs> the young woman who played Patience could not have been cast any better. Oh, um, she's amazing. She like embodies the whole idea of Patience.
1: Yes, I'm so glad you said that. Um, Makitra Evans is the one who played Patience, and she is just a gift, just as a person, as an actress. And she lived that character. It was beautiful to watch her on stage. Honestly, I literally have like goosebumps as I'm talking about it because um, it felt like she portrayed the heart of the town. And I feel like everybody could relate with her in some way, and she was just she portrayed the character in such a way that was um, was so down to earth at the same time where you felt like you knew her, and so uh, that was really important. She did so well, and I'd love to have her audition
0: for this next one. she's like
1: she's mm-hmm. like a celebrity in my book.
0: <laughs> me too, I, and it was it was not lost on me that I sat in the audience and watched it from the Holly Springs Cultural Center, and that was just. A few I'm horrible with distances, a few hundred yards away from the Holly Springs Cemetery, mm-hmm. from the Leslie Alfred Mims house, where a lot of the um, action took place. Mm-hmm. Um, it It was just very moving to and just it felt important to be sitting so close to where all of that stuff was happening.
1: Ooh, I love that you thought about that. That makes me so happy, and and I hope other people thought about that as well because I'm, I'm hopeful that it sparked some interest from people where they wanted to go find out. Okay, where is that thing? Where is that house? Where is that place? And that mm-hmm. was, and you know, I've mentioned this in interviews in the past, but I'll say it again because I feel like it's really important. That was one of the amazing parts of being able to also direct it. Because working with actors and you know, most of the time, because I'm also an actress, but like when I've portrayed characters in the past, even if they're historical characters, you can't go down the street and go find out where they lived. You can't mm-hmm. go to their grave. You can't go and walk where you know they walked before. And there's something truly magical and beautiful about being able to connect in a different way. And some of the stories that some of the cast members had from before... Um, like they're unbelievable. Like one of our cast members did a bunch of genealogy. She found out she was actually related to um to the person that she was portraying. And she's not wow. even from here. So I mean like crazy stuff where it was like and she could explain it better. I can't remember the particulars, but crazy stuff where it was like this just doesn't feel totally by chance some of this, you know? Right.
0: It's it's very serendipitous for sure. So your original plan, if I remember correctly, was to almost update the play every few years. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Or a couple of times, I don't want to say every few years, but a couple of times to incorporate more history and more recent things. Is that right?
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. Because one thing that I knew, first of all, let me just, before I go any further, I have to pay tribute to, to Barb Koblik, who, um, has been a huge resource through all of this that, I mean, she has done the, you know, the like boots on the ground work in Holly Springs and she, um, and there's always more to do. And that's, that's what we Mm -hmm. all know is that it can never feel like it's done, but she, um, she did an amazing job. She wrote a book about Holly Springs, and I really utilize that a ton. She has been a tremendous, tremendous resource in this, that without
0: the work that she did, there's no way this play would even be possible. So I have to say that. Um, mm-hmm. she's, she's kind of like um, if, a, if a town had a memory, she is it. Yeah. <laughs> she, she is Holly Springs memory because oh, she's great. researched all of this stuff and knows all of these things. And this building used to be that. And so and so used to have a store there. She mm-hmm. she's like the embodiment of a memory for this Wonderfully town. put.
1: Yes. And I keep telling her, I need to download your brain, Barb. Like, can you please like make that technology happen? Because that would really mm-hmm. be helpful. Um yeah. so so yeah, so she um she did so much of that work. So to answer your question, um, I mean, and I still, you know, researched a ton as well, but she was like, all that she had already done made it so much easier. And, and the thing that I knew when I wrote it the first time was that it was impossible for it to be perfect. It, unless I wanted to spend 150 years of my life, which, you know, that would be a really long life studying the last 150 years of the town. Like, it would honestly take that much time to really understand and to really get everything. And, and I know, you know, some people who write biographies or histories, um, you know, or documentaries, they, they have to spend sometimes decades studying a subject. And I realized that I was not going to have decades to study the subject. Mm-hmm. I spent three well, and years. The
0: play, and the play itself would be 14 hours long. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: It's a least. camp out play. Everybody come camp mm-hmm. out. Ooh, I like it. No. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm it. sorry I said that. <laughs> That's great. Everybody bring your treat. Well, okay, anyway. So um, so yeah, that bring a sleeping um, bag. Yeah, sleeping bag and little s'mores. Um, but yeah, so I knew that it wasn't gonna be perfect, and I resigned myself to that fact. I put a little disclaimer in the program. Like, listen, number one, this is historical fiction. I don't know if patients exactly wore that kind of dress. You know what I mean? There's certain things that you Mm -hmm. just have to run with. There are a lot of things. I mean, some of the conversations I did as as much as I humanly could to make it as accurate as possible. But there's definitely interpretation in there of the characters, for sure, you know, and and some of the dialogue that they had. But I used it based on the given circumstances that I could find in their own lives that showed me kind of who they might have been. So, um, so, you know, it it, like definitely creative liberties. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, after I had done that first time, I thought it was, first of all, it was really hard to get people to share history other than Barb. And I definitely interviewed a bunch of people too, but like, I put it out there a lot. Like, Hey, I'd love to learn anything I can from the black community, the white community. I need to know, I need to know everything that there is to know, but it was really hard to get people to talk. Um, surprisingly. And I feel like after the first production, they want to talk more now. And I'm really glad about that. And so one thing that I've just kind of said is, listen, every couple of years, I'm going to improve upon it. And then, you know, also things happen. We just, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. That's some pretty mm-hmm. important information that could not, I can't leave that out of Finding Patients 2022. By the way, it's going to be <laughs> June of 2022. Um, but I'm like, I can't leave that out. And so it, it allows me to include some other things that um, that go hand in hand with the current pandemic that are from the past that can really help us understand um,
0: the history of it really a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, from so, 1918, are you exactly. going to include that pandemic yes. too? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so, yeah, so I, I'm just going to try to make it better every single time.
0: Yeah, I remember um, Catherine Laughlin did such a good job. She played Texana. Uh-huh. Um, last name? Collins, but then Alfred. Alfred, I couldn't, I didn't know if it was Leslie, Alfred or Mims. I
1: know. It's, it's confusing. Totally. <laughs> it is.
0: And Bruce Ackerman played her husband, right? Yes, he's great. Uh-huh. Yeah. I wonder if they'll be back. I don't know. We'll have to see. We will have to see. So- I did know that this play was in the works, and that's why I've been wanting to talk to you for so long, ever since I started this podcast, but the super exciting news is what is special about this new version. So Yay. we've already covered what it isn't. It's not 14 hours long, and you don't have to bring a sleeping bag. I'm kind of liking is that, though. special yes. about it. Okay. <laughs> Um, You made me laugh so hard, my readers (laughs) fell off my head. Okay, so um, so what's special about it? Are you ready to say what you're going to say?
1: I'm totally ready. Okay, Okay. ready. Okay, Um, so let me just give you a little background before I say it. Um, Okay, you know, just because I have to do that with everything. Um, but like, you know, in January, Drama. yeah, that's me in January. I, so I'm a, uh, one of the instructors at Carolina Academy of Performing Arts, which is an amazing, um, theater company that my friend Melanie, who was also in the play, Melanie Prince, she played Marianne Holland. Anyway, she's created it. She's done this fabulous job. It's a youth theater. And, um, so we went to this really great, um, like workshop in Georgia in January. And it kind of like hit me like a ton of bricks that this needed to happen, Um, this announcement. Um, And I actually came home from that conference really sick, like really sick to where I'm kind of wondering if, you know, a lot of people are like, did I already have coronavirus? But I was like, I was super sick and it took me like two weeks to really get back to normal. But I spent a lot of time in my room and you know, that sick feeling where you're in between awake and asleep, but you can't quite do either and um so you you can't even watch tv so i was in that state for a long time just kind of thinking these thoughts that kind of turn into dreams and back into thoughts again and um eventually as i started to kind of recover i got to work and and started to actually do what i was thinking about and that is that finding patience is perfectly set up to be a musical and wow. Um, like, I
0: like a good musical yay! i love a good musical
1: good and and i want to emphasize it's going to be you know an untraditional type of musical because you know it's not going to be rodgers and hammerstein you know it's going to be it's going to be its own thing um but and there's not going to be a song like every five seconds, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's, yeah. um, because I'm very, very. I feel like the story and the characters are so important that I only want a song when I feel like it's going to move the story forward or help give like almost like an inner monologue to a character, or it's like an emotional high point. So I feel like um, they're going to be in there. There's plenty of them, but I've so I've been writing um, the lyrics and I auditioned a bunch of composers, and I'm so excited. Because I'm partnering with a really, really talented composer. And he's also a playwright. And he's, um, he actually is local. His name is Jeremy Phillips. And he and his wife, Erin, own Solace Theater Company in Garner. Um, oh. And so they've been doing musicals like crazy. They're cranking these things out. And they're super high quality, amazing music. And um, if anybody's interested, please, please um, like, or check out their Facebook page and their Instagram. It's solace theater and theater is spelled T H E A T R E.
0: Um, okay, I'll, I'll put it in a, a link in the show notes or something. So oh, people thank can you. find it pretty easily.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um, and they have solace theater.org if you want to hear some of his music, but he's like gifted. And I don't even think he realizes how gifted he is. He and his wife are pretty young. I mean, I think they're like in their twenties and, um, I mean, I'm telling you, he, he knows what he's doing. And so um, I was so excited that he even wanted to be part of it. And he has kind of developed this, um, this amazing machine of this theater that he's started, where um, a lot of people actually who have been in Finding Patients have also auditioned for his shows. And so we have both know kind of the same actors. Um, but his is, um, Solace is like a nonprofit faith, faith-based community theater so it's a little bit different, um, but um, anyway, so we've been we've been working together and I've been sending lyrics and he's been sending me back the songs. And what's been so cool is that he's like enlisted the help of some of the vocalists that he knows to actually sing the lyrics to some of the music that he's written. And it's just been blowing me away. Like, I can't even tell you how exciting it is. It has put Finding Patience on a whole nother level.
2: Hmm.
0: You are a pretty captivating person to talk to just about mundane things. But Thank when you, you talk about this, I can feel, I can hear the excitement in your voice. It's up a whole new level. Thank and I you. know that you have really high standards. So you're not going to be impressed with the ordinary. So this must be just crazy good. I'm excited. Do you
1: mind if I share really a little quick? clip? Please. Okay. um, I'm trying to figure out how to do... Can I just like share it off of my computer? Or do I need to like hold my earbuds up or anything? Who knows? We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Okay. um,
0: Yes. I'll let you know if I can't hear it.
1: Okay. So let me just say just super quick, um, thank you for that. Thank you for hearing the excitement in my voice and for feeling it with me. That makes me so happy because I feel like this play isn't about me. It's not about... um, a production even. It's about like coming together as members of a town and realizing what came before us so that we can appreciate what we have today. And I feel like it's it's almost a form of gratitude, if that makes sense. Hmm. Well, um, I
0: remember that kind of a tagline from Finding Patience was sometimes you don't choose a town the town chooses you. Oh,
1: you remembered.
0: <laughs> and that's kind of—I just got chills just thinking about it. That's kind of like that serendipitous thing. I mean, didn't didn't the real life granddaughter or daughter of Texana come mm-hmm. to one of the showings? Yes, and that was a crazy thing
1: too. Yes, Captain. Did she come from very, yeah, from, she from very far away? Yeah, from mm-hmm. California. Far away, and it, and it was. Um, I mean, there's so much more to that story that I'll have to tell you sometime. But it was so like crazy, impossible how that all happened. And it happened. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like, and this sounds a little like spooky, I guess, but I feel like people want their stories to be told. I mean, I'm going to die someday and dang right. I'm going to want someone to remember me. And I think mm-hmm. that's really all we, all we want is to be remembered, you know, mm-hmm. in our daily lives and, and after this life I imagine. imagine. But, um, but yeah, so the vocalist who's singing this demo, let me just say, this is a demo it's okay. gonna sound. It's it's actually super like polished for a demo, but because we haven't I haven't asked for any edits from this one yet, so it's not exactly how it's gonna be. But it's pretty darn amazing. Um, her name is Alina Gannon, and. Um, and I don't want anyone to think she's going to be cast as patience. I'm not saying that at all. She just sang this song. I haven't even met her before, so I just okay, want to well, get that out of the
0: way. Work if it doesn't work in this format, I'll I'll um drop um I'll drop the music uh, clip in here. So
1: oh, okay, that sounds good. Okay, well maybe I'll just try it really quick, and you can tell okay. me if you can can hear it. All right. Okay, so this is only part of it because I don't want to give it all away. Okay, right. I don't blame you. Okay, let me just get this going. But um yeah, okay. Can you hear it? No. <laughs> no? Okay. Hang on a second. This is compelling
0: listening, Andrew. That's okay. This is
1: gonna work. This is gonna work. I got this. Okay. Yes.
2: Trying to be the friend who greets at destock I walk with them and sit a spell to learn their history. Ain't nobody sees them except for me. not knowing that they dead. So patience, trying to be the friend that comes they troubled head. I walk with them and sit a spell to learn their history. Ain't nobody sees them except for me. They say patience is a virtue. Okay, can you hear me
0: again? I can. That was crazy. I can't believe people who can do that live here. <laughs> Why aren't they in New York writing for Broadway? Yes. And singing on Broadway. That's crazy. Crazy yeah. good. And that
1: was only half the song. So oh. I don't know if you could understand the lyrics from the way that I was recording it, but she's just basically, it's in the beginning of the play, talking about how after people die, they, she sees them and she kind of talks with them and then they see the light and they leave kind of thing. Um, but yeah. Oh, isn't he good?
0: Oh, so good. I can't believe that's local theater. Yeah. People. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, so
0: that um, for
1: so we are going to be working on a more um, polished version of that, and um, if people want to also, if you don't mind adding this in the links, Karen, but mm-hmm. um, just the Finding Patients twenty twenty two Facebook page and Instagram, um, okay. we're going to be putting lots of updates on there. I just this interview, your amazing skills, sister, just made me think. You know what? This is like kind of the thing that's starting that us off again, and then we'll kind of. Um, pick back up all those pages that I've sort of let collect dust for the last, um, like six months.
0: So, well, and I would love for more people to give you stories, Your yes. family stories.
1: Mm-hmm. That's really what it's about. And I, I have interviewed quite a few people in the last like year, but I want more. And especially from the black community, <clears throat> um, it's like I said, it's really important to me because, okay, <clears throat> sorry. Let me just say one thing. Um I know some people who have lived in Holly Springs their whole life. It mm-hmm. could easily be a really uncomfortable thing to think of some girl coming from Seattle and some transplant trying to write a story about the town. Um, I can understand that. <clears throat> However, I feel like it's actually a good thing because it really allows me to be objective in a lot of it, and I can hear both sides, you know, in some cases, many sides, to a story and, um, and put it together. Where I think if you're living in one place the whole time, <clears throat> it's kind of harder to see outside of your own experiences. Does that make sense?
0: It does. Well, and it and it um, gives some extra context, maybe to it to have you coming into um, it. And I mean, I think that everybody thinks their hometown. Is special for one Mm -hmm. reason or another, (laughs) but it it lends a lot more gravity to it when somebody from so far away who's been here so little time, when you are that committed to honoring this town. I mean, I think that that adds some weight to it. You know, it's more than just just, you know, somebody who loves their hometown. It's it's somebody who loves this new town to you. You know, new to you, and um, I don't know. And I'm I'm so pleased that you are honoring all of the people who's who are who are the history of Holly Springs. Um, so Thank that's you. that's so good.
1: Thank you. And I I can't take all the credit because I feel like so many people made, of course, made finding Patience what it was. And you know, Krista Miller my assistant director, was amazing through that whole thing. Um, the whole entire cast, the whole entire crew, people put their souls and heart into it. And and luckily, Kristen's going to be on board for next time. Maria Campos, my friend, is going to be on board. Sarah Medor is going to be on board. So some of the people from before, and hopefully a lot of people knew as well. Um, but last time we had over 80 people in the cast, and this time because of fire codes and now the cultural centers, you know, pretty dang smart about what we need to do. And, and they want us to only have 40 at the most. So, um, it will be a different experience, but I think it will be really cool because actors will be playing multiple parts except for patients. And so it will almost look like, Hey, I remember that person from earlier. And it could kind of almost feel like a town really does feel where, where it's like descendants kind of look like the, you know what I mean? Like it's like mm-hmm. the same family cycle. So, um, so it could be kind of, kind of interesting. Um, and Kathy, Kathleen um, Heber from the Cultural Center has been a huge support with this too. I feel really bad because I was supposed to, I don't know if, if we've talked about this yet. I don't think we have, but I was actually supposed to do Finding Patients right now. Um, mm. And it was set for 2020. And so um, something did not feel right about it, Karen. And like for the longest time, it just didn't feel right, but I had kind of committed to it. I even had met several times with Kathleen at the Cultural Center. The The budget was approved by the town council. I mean, we went through everything. And it was right before I was supposed to sign the contract. And it just did not feel right. Probably like September mm. of last year, I think, I felt like, Angie, you cannot do this play in 2020. And and also, I was really busy anyway, and I thought maybe that was the reason, but I had to go to Kathleen and say, I am so sorry, but I'm going to have to postpone Finding patients. And this is before I knew it was going to be musical. Um, and she said, okay. I and mean, she was so nice about it. I mean, I would have been so annoyed if I were her, but she was like so nice. And I said, could I do it like in 2022? And then we're like in the middle of a pandemic right now. The entire mm-hmm. show would have been canceled had I had done it.
0: Well, and if anybody in your company had had it, everybody in your company would have because of how yeah. many hours you spend together. I remember um the practices for that, um just knowing people who were in the cast. It was like every day, yeah, <laughs> just hours on hours. I mean, there was some real commitment there and and even you had some kids in the play too. there were kids in the cast, mm-hmm. so. You mm-hmm. just, you assembled a, a group of people who were so dedicated. And a I, hope, I hope that Rachel Atkin comes back in and, and reprises her role somehow because she was such a funny little <laughs> addition.
1: <laughs> I love her so much. Oh my gosh. I
0: know, me too.
1: Yes, yes. I, she better be auditioning. <clears throat> Do you Good. hear me, Rachel? No, i was just kidding. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, she, I I think, I. hopefully she will. Um but yeah, I I and you know, hey Karen, if you feel like hopping on stage, you just let me know. Feel free to audition too. I cannot sing.
0: So. <laughs> yeah,
1: and and I, you know, what's funny is I don't sing, and um, so I'm going to have a really good music director. I'm hoping that that will be the same person who's composing the music, but I don't know if that if he's able to do that, um, Jeremy Phillips. But we'll see. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't sing either. Sing either. But some of the parts are going to be more like. <clears throat> um, more like choir, like you're going to, you don't have to be a soloist, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but yeah, just putting it out there, but I'd love right. for as many people who wants to audition to, to audition kids and teens. And, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be a little bit fierce competition this time. And, and I guess it kind of was last time, but I'm excited. It's going to be, it's going to be great. Well,
0: last time was your proof of concept. So this time is when it's really going to kick in.
1: Oh, I hope so. And I, I'm planning to pay stipends too to the actors and the, the crew That's as good. well. So,
0: well, I know you have been, I can't imagine that you stopped researching for like even a week of your life since the play <laughs> closed. So, I know you have found out so many things about our little town. Tell me one or two things that surprised you that you learned.
1: Okay, um, that's a good question.
0: Or um, just cool little fun facts that works too.
1: Okay, so I've spent a lot of time going through the Cape Fear Enterprise News, which was a newspaper that George Benton offered, GB um, offered, he put out this paper. It was like the only paper from Holly Springs. You know, he was really trying to make Holly Springs be like a big time town. This was in the like 1899 to 1901. and Um, so in the past, it was hard to kind of get to that stuff unless you had to go like research at some kind of library or, you know, town offices or something, but it's so great because I'm able to do it online now because they have all of his online, but you have to pay a subscription. Um, so I've just been like reading through it and honestly, it's been hilarious in some parts, um, because I've had my boys with me. So, um my son Lincoln and I crack up at the advertisements. Like they are hilarious. So, so much so that I'm definitely going to include some of them in the play because (laughs) it's just, it is, it is so funny. Um, But it's so dramatic. Some of the things that they talk about, Um, like, you know, some of the afflictions or even there's this whole, this whole blurb. I mean, really long blurb about how the way a man wears his hat determines Like what kind of person he is and what his like um, character is like. So if you put your hat down too far, then that means you're sneaky and conniving. Like it's like crazy. And so some of those kind of things were just like a good little window into life back then. Um, But also sad things because just the inherent, um, you know, sexism and and racism that were still there in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and
0: well, a- it's twenty twenty, and it still happens, so yeah, absolutely I can only imagine how bad it was back then,
1: yes, you're totally right. And I mean, it's clear as you read through it that this is this is, quote unquote, a white person's paper. It does mm. not feel like a like it's, you know, um friendly reflective
0: of the population,
1: yes, not at all. And um, the only thing I could find in there that was reflective at all was an ad for Needham Rogers blacksmith shop. And I know he was African-American and that was the only thing (laughs) that I could find. So, um, so, you know, that kind of stuff is heartbreaking, but the story still needs to be told, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, and a lot of it was the sentiment of everybody back then, which does not make it right at all. But mm-hmm. it's the truth, you know. Unfortunately, so it's it's sad, and it needs to be said that it's not right, and I'm going to make that very clear. Um, but well, it, you know, that
0: the, that kind of trite saying is if you don't know history, you're destined to repeat it. So I mean, it's not fun. It's not happy. It's not covered mm-hmm. in flowers. Um, but people need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So I would say that's that was probably the. The big thing is just going through that really tells you, I mean, like in their um, out and about section, it's like, so like Mr. Bert visited Raleigh today, you know, like that kind of stuff. So it's like the big news of the town is like, and even some of them are like um, Mr. Anderson came through on his way to somewhere else. Oh my <laughs> it, was like, it was pretty, but, but you see kind of how they are trying so hard to be this relevant town and it was, it's just kind of fascinating to go through it. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so I think that's, that's been the fun thing. I've also been learning more about Holloman's Crossroads, which is just down past at the very, very end of Avent Ferry, but that Mm -hmm. was really considered Holly Springs too. And some of the history of Holloman's Crossroads is crazy. I didn't realize that, um, that Union Army is also encamped right there. So do you know what I'm talking about? I Lake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I thought they had just, you know, in Holly Springs were just at the, the Holland house, but it turns Mm -hmm. out they were also at Holloman's crossroads and some of the interesting stuff about, you know, the people, the families who lived there. Um, yeah, it's been really fun.
0: Hmm. I just love how you can figure all of these things out. I mean, I love that there is, there are so many resources that you can consult to see these things. Yeah. To learn these things. It's really neat. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, I'm super excited. I can't wait. Thank you. I'm glad that you had your gut feeling and listened to your gut. Because, yeah. Because um, it's always better to put out something that you're proud of on a different timetable than to, um, you know, phone it in to, totally. um, to you know, get it done on a on an artificial timeline. So good. I'm really proud of you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> um,
0: so, all yeah. right. So 2022, June, right? Yes. You said June. So that's just um two years and one month away. Yes.
1: But, but you know, the, um, the auditions will be in January of that year. And mm-hmm. so really we're going to be cranking things out next year a lot. Like there's so mm-hmm. much time for pre-production, with a, you know, a play that's like what we're trying to get the standard of, you know, like we want Mm -hmm. it to be really high quality. And I know that a lot of people can crank out a show a lot faster. Um, But it's also because I'm a mom with three kids at home. I can't Mm -hmm. necessarily do that. So my um, pre-production timeline and rehearsal timeline may be longer than some other people's, but
0: quality knows how long you're going to be an involuntary homeschooler. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and I do want to just say really quick that I want to, one thing I want to do is include Ham Womble um, in in the newest version um, mm-hmm. and his contributions to the town. So if, if anybody out there wants to be interviewed about Ham Womble, Parish Ham Womble, I would really love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, losing him was big. Yeah. Yes but I'm glad that Nancy still can tell their story.
1: Yeah, they they've done a lot for the town and
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and I think I think I'm still learning what they've done and it's pretty exciting to
0: see. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm glad he has a park named after him yes <laughs> all right well thank you so much for chatting with me um, thank you this is exciting I love um, this news from you I'm so pleased that you chose to reveal it on my little podcast so all right
1: get <laughs> my ready pleasure Buckle thank up. you my dear friend <laughs> thank you for <laughs> right. everything
0: I sure appreciate you all right thanks okay, for we'll talking we'll talk to you later all right bye okay. links mentioned are available in this episode's show notes This episode was written, recorded, and produced by me, Karen Shore, with music by Doug Maxwell and Meteorite Productions. Be well, friends. Until next time.